just realized something. When we have ideas, when we get inspired, we get those blips on our antenna. About making a song, a painting, a drawing, putting together a new cabinet, etc., 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 whatever that inspiration is. Some might say, well, you're, you know, you're ahead of your time. And you might feel like, well, you're waiting for everyone else to catch up. Well, I was realizing that it's similar to the analogy of a reporter who goes out there, finds the news. He's got all this information. He's like, you would not believe this is crazy. This is what I discovered. This is what I discovered. People are going, no, 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 that's not right. That's not right. It's not true. That's not true. And then, all of a sudden, some bigger news source breaks the story. And now people are telling you about the news. <laughs> hey, did you hear this? Did you hear that? And you're going, yeah, I knew that, like, I knew that information 10 years ago. And here are the notes. Remember when I talked to you about this thing? And you said, oh, that'll never happen. And now it's happening. See, in that moment, wouldn't that be nice if there was, I think, you know, it would be really great if there's some sort of redemption, some sort of, like, victorious feeling, like, of, like, something where, something where, you know, the response would be, oh my gosh, that's so awesome, that's so cool. Um, I'm going to either A, start, you know, taking a look at these, these ideas that you got earlier on, or this news, or I promise not to make fun of you or to add resistance to your momentum when you're hot on an idea. I promise not to extinguish that momentum because I see, based on X amount of examples, I see, based on these examples, where you have imagined this or thought this or sketched this. or So anyway, I guess the point I'm making here is trust... Your intuition, trust your inspiration. Follow your heart when it comes to your your the stuff you're making. You will if you don't make it, someone else will. That's the crazy thing. Someone else is gonna make it. What what hurts more? The the um, plight, for the lack of a better word, the plight in actually making the thing and and seeing that dream come true, which is the worst feeling? Going through what it, what it takes to go through to actually make it <laughs> or to not make it and for someone else to make it and then for you to feel regret for the rest of your life <laughs> looking that, at someone else making it and then you go, oh, Gosh, what the heck? Why didn't I make that thing? Why didn't I do that? Those are those instances where it shows us that we don't, we, we don't necessarily need a coalition of people, a group of people, or even other people to see what we're working on. When we're, when we're, when we're, or the, their approval for that matter. When we move forward unapologetically, following an inspiration, creating the art that we want to see in the world, there is no, there's no question of failure. You've taken it out of the equation. There's no feeling of like, oh, if it doesn't go right. That, that doesn't even, that has nothing to do with it now at this point. Because what if it doesn't go right? That gives the idea that there's someone there to, to judge it, some author, some author, uh, author, authoritative figure watching what's going on, giving the, the approval. 
or giving the disapproval, hitting the yes button or hitting the no button? Well, there isn't anyone. When you're creating the art that you want to see in the world, it's you. So do you want to be the person who's giving yourself the no, the big no button, the big stop sign? Do you want to be that person who gives yourself the stop sign around every corner? Do you want to be that person? Do you want to be known as that person? I don't. I don't want to be known as the person. When people think of me as the story in their mind, the thing I would love least uh, to know that they're thinking about is that I stop their dreams at every, at every turn. I would hate to be thought of as the person who says no to someone's ideas and finds ways of poking holes in them. I don't want to be known as the person who goes, yeah, but... It's not, yeah, but... Yes, and actually, that's the funny thing. It is both yeah, but and yes, and how about that? All encompassing. Because if I didn't say yes, and to the yes, but I wouldn't be doing yes, and right <laughs> there, there lies the paradox. But it's just trusting, doing it, doing it, moving it, moving it, moving it. Moving it, moving it along, moving it along, moving it along. Take the breadcrumb. Follow it. So you are a journalist. If you're an artist, you're a journalist. And by artist, I mean someone who creates a producer rather than a consumer. It's not to say that artists don't consume. They do. Everything we're doing is a cons consumption, of course. That's why that phrase, you are what you eat, is so magnific magnificent. Which I can't stop talking about. The information that we're listening to. Stuff that we're reading. Conversations we're having. The information that's flowing through, that vibe, that all that's going to go into what we're creating. All that's going to go into uh, what we're imagining. When all you have to pull from, knowledge-wise... Is your, is your own reservoir, then you have to look at what you've been filling up that reservoir with. What have I put into this? Okay, this is my belief system. This is what I'm believing uh, is the right step of the way. Bam, 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 bam. Here we go. Moving along, moving along, moving along. This is my belief system. What What is the belief system composed of? So much, so much baggage that we've carried around for eons, excitement that we've carried along for eons, information that we're just most currently learning, uh, information that we'd like to know, etc., etc., etc. It's so crazy. All of that stuff plays into the very thing that you're saying at that moment. So the language, for instance, the language that I'm using is based on, I like to watch Abraham Hicks videos, I like to listen to Alan Watts, I like to listen to Neville Goddard, Goddard. things that have to do with plugging into, plugging into the all that is, plugging into the, I want to strengthen my relationship with the universe. I treat my, my relationship with the universe as if it's a good friend, as if it's a cooperative, collaborative, hey, we're working on this together kind of experience. That's the way I like to, that's, that's the way I like to think of it. We're in it together. We're moving along. It waits for me. 
It gives me an idea. I move forward. It moves forward with me. It says yes to whatever I say. I'm stupid. Yes. I'm fat. Yes. I'm not good enough. Yes. I'm inspired. Yes. I believe in this dream. Yes. I got a riff for a song. Yes. This song could become a musical. Yes. That musical could tour Broadway. Yes. That music could that musical could affect the hearts and minds of millions in a very positive way. Yes. And it all comes from this riff. Yes. <laughs> Jeez. Yes, 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 yes. Just build it. Build it. Build it. That's the staircase right there. Building your, your excitement in what you're doing one millimoment at a time. Build it. Build it. Fall in love with, appreciate, cherish, just, ooh, in your imagination. Embrace all that. Embrace that. My goodness, it is so unique. It is so special. It is so specific. It's really... It's uh, it's really worth investigating. That I mean, that's the whole oxymoron of the thing. If you don't train the dog, the dog will never learn to open the refrigerator and grab a beer. If you don't train the dog, it'll never learn how to chase the frisbee, jump off your back, go get it, grab it, come back. If you don't train the dog, it'll never learn how to walk on its rear two feet like a human. If you don't train the dog, you know, if you train the dog, it'll answer your telephone. If you train the dog, it'll drive your car. If you train the dog, it'll do, it'll do cartwheels. I mean, it takes some time to, to develop that relationship and that unique way of expression that's the universe it's got this whole spectrum and then it's just up to us to decide which which elements of that spectrum we want to shine through what color choices are we are we using our language is a painting as we walk out there in the world we're painting everywhere we're going we're leaving our color here leaving our color there leaving our color here leaving our color there the information coming out, what we're thinking, the vibe we're giving off. So imagine we're singing, we're th thinking in our brains as we're walking through the store. I'd like to teach the world to sing. <laughs> you're si thinking of that song as you're walking through the store. Now what's going to happen? Those vibes, how does that make you feel? How does it make me feel? Ooh, enlightened. Now those vibes are going, what, 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 what? Reverberating, reverberating. And if it's true that every single heart speaks with every single other heart, well, then there you go. It's reverberating. It's, it's talking to all those other hearts. The engine can only run on the fuel that you're giving it. <laughs> the, the plant can only grow in the nutrition, in the, in the environment, in the dirt, in the food that it's, you know... Like you're, you cannot grow a redwood tree. Um, as far as I know, uh, in uh, let's say the middle of the ocean, if you plant a seed in the ocean, I don't think that's going to grow into a redwood tree. I just don't think it will. However, if you if you go up to where those redwood trees are, why are, why are those redwood trees only in that specific area? There's a particular vibe going on. There's a particular vibe that enables it to grow in that specific area. Interesting. It's like the various languages that are out there in the world. Those languages grew from that particular vibration that was in that area. That particular vibration 
evolved into the particular language that they ended up using and referencing their whole lives with. And it all stemmed from that vibration. How interesting is that? There's that vibration. And then you go over to this country, there's another one. Go to this country, there's another one. Go to this country, there's another one. Hmm. So intriguing, huh? So many vibes out there. So many devices to utilize that we, that we can utilize to document, play, record, whatever, whatever. Eat these vibes. Isn't it funny when you think about that? The food that we're eating, the stuff that we're listening to, all of that, all of those are frequencies and vibrations. Just somehow sculpted, molded, tweaked, twisted, whatever, seasoned, splashed, with just vibrations, it's just vibrations moved moved around into a particular configuration. And then we consume those vibrations. And we consume those vibrations. And those vibrations are, you know, others others either tune into those vibrations and take what they want, what they value from it. Or they just they're just totally not tuned in at all to those vibrations. Or some of those vibrations might be reflective of you know, whatever they feel within that particular belief system that they want to give power to. It just blows my mind. So every person is just deciding what kind of vibrations, what kind of frequencies, what kind of influences they want to carry around with them the moment to moment. Each person is making that choice, that active choice. <laughs> uh, each person's making that active choice. And knowing that each and every single one of us has that freedom to do so. Um... Evidently, there's something that we value about the particular frequencies and choices that we're, we're bringing around with us. We see a value in it. Otherwise, we wouldn't hold on to it. There's a value there. There's a value there. Um, otherwise, we wouldn't be carrying it around. Like, for instance, right now... Um, I'm about to come up with something that I'm that's not really necessarily a value to me that I just don't think about on a daily basis. And as you can tell, while I'm thinking about this, it's that it's it's so far outside of my frequency range right now that I have to invent something in my brain. See, if if it could immediately be on the tip of my tongue, then I, I'm holding a frequent. I'm I'm holding a. I'm holding it within my awareness, so to speak. If I could come up with an immediate example. Uh, since I can't, now we know. Like, okay, okay. Uh, 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 um, let's say... Uh, okay. Coal mining machines. There we go. Coal mining machines. There's no frequency there for me. There's no coal mining machines. Just something. It's just a th it's just a something. Imagine if we could have that feeling. So take that same vibe that we have towards you know anything. For me it's a coal uh making machine in some mine somewhere. Okay, so right now I'm imagining that when I think of it, I really don't have a vibe either way. If I sit there and I really think about it and I go, okay, and I, and I invite my belief systems into it, like, eh, well, okay, it might be dark in there. It might be hard to breathe. You know, I mean, I could go down the rabbit hole trail, that stuff. But just on the outset, coal-making machines. 
There's no resonance there. So now imagine if we were to apply that same kind of vibe towards something that is unfair, favorable to us. Like right now I could say pickles, okay? Pickles, I don't like them. You can, you can definitely tell that I hold a vibration for pickles because it's on the tip of my tongue so easily because I don't like them. I'm holding a vibration for that thing. I'm, 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 I'm holding on to that reflection, so to speak, that mirror. So since I subliminally and sub, sub, subconsciously have that in my sights, that's why it's on the tip of my tongue. Okay, so what if I were to think of pickles... But then I apply the vibe that I feel for coal-making machines to pickles. So now it loses that electric charge. So now it, 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 it holds the same sort of generic kind of like, bleh. That's that art of detachment. Just it is. That's why that, fra that phrase, it is what it is, is far more powerful than I think it's really being given credit for. It's, it's a... It, it's a it's a cliche that is just might be tiresome. Like that's right there. It's kind of tiresome to hear. I think after a while, I was like, it is what it is. I keep hearing these people say this. And then I really started thinking about it. It is what it is. There's no built-in meaning. It is what it is. This table is what it is, whether I got um, uh, associations for it or not, or even if I have a, a, a word, a definition for it. It is what it is. There it is. It is. It has no built-in meaning. It has no built-in meaning. If it did, that would mean that everyone who looks at this table would get the same meaning, the same vibe. And that's just, that's not the case. So in a sense, so it's the art of detachment, getting to that it is what it is kind of stage. And that's the kind of thing, like knowing that we have the authority of changing a definition, changing how we feel, how we value a particular thing. Like pickles. Why do I let myself, like just every time I think of pickles, I'm like, ugh, like what a gross taste. That's just a gross taste. Well, I can work on that. I can redefine. I don't ever have to eat pickles. However, I don't have to cringe every time I think of pickles or, or anytime someone says that name. Like, it's not a requirement, right? It's not a requirement. I don't have to. Someone else who says that, who says pickles, they love it. Oh, they're like, ooh, oh, I eat them right out of the jar. I love it. Oh, my gosh. I don't bring a bagged lunch to, to work anymore. I just bring a jar of pickles. I put it in the, put it in the fridge and I eat it up. Oh, man, it's so good. Love me my pickles. So I think for someone like me who has an aversion to that kind of thing, if I were to redefine it and go, okay, let's apply that vibe that I feel towards coal-making machines. What's that vibe? Just like a nothing vibe. Okay, now what if I were to mentally kind of go, move that over like a blueprint, like a template, right over on the top of the other one. Can I take away its power? Can I nullify its power? Can I mute it? Hmm. I think it's possible. Redefining things. Some people hate cats. I hate cats. Why? Oh, they're always scratching you and biting you. They're always? Yeah, they're always scratching you and biting you. They don't let you pet them. Yeah, I hate cats. They're always... They're always doing that. What cats... What cats are you referring to? Oh, my neighbor's cat. Uh, you know, I was five years old, and that neighbor's cat, oh, it was just horrible. Oh, so that's, what other, what other cats? Oh, there was a cat in the neighborhood. I, yeah, one time it scratched me because I walked past it. I didn't even see it sitting there. Oh, I hate cats. Huh, when was that? Oh, I was like 10. I was 10. Came out of 7-Eleven, I put my bike down, and, yeah, there's a cat, scratch me. I hate cats, I hate them all. So those are your two examples that you've been carrying around your whole life? How old are you now? I'm 40 years old. Oh. So 40, you're 40 years old, and you've carried, carried that around for that long, huh? You must really... So that's the perception you've had this whole time. 
Hating cats, that's the perception you've had this whole time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, I hate those cats. Well, my perception is I grew up with cats. I've always had a great rapport with them. Uh, we get along great. We understand each other. Sometimes cats will let me lay my head on them while they're laying there. They'll let me just go, lay my head on there. Sometimes they'll let me bury my face in their fluffy fur. They'll purr when I pet them. They'll hop up on my lap with this utmost joy and excitement. So I've had only phenomenal experiences with cats. Yeah, I hate cats. Oh, they're terrible. Anyway, so as you can see, there are these two various, like, hugely... I hold the value system of cats being good because I've got good examples of it. Ooh, when I think of cats, oh, I just... There it is. That's that's my immediate go-to like vibe. Someone when they think of cats, that's their go-to vibe. That's just like me with the pickles. That same person might be like, "What are you talking about? I love pickles. Pickles are the best. Ah oh, man, they're so tangy and zesty, and ah oh, man, they're just the best. And they're always wet. They're always in that slooping around in that juice in the jar. Oh man." They're tasty. What? Who doesn't like a pickle on a hamburger? Who doesn't like that, man? What are you nuts? What are you crazy? What is you? What's? What are you insane? So, changing the definition to one that doesn't feel like baggage that doesn't feel like weighing me down it doesn't feel like an anchor around my ankle how does this all relate to being the journalist how does this all relate to being the person who is being struck with inspirato how does this all relate to the lone Walt Whitman type who's out there in the woods and <clears throat> suddenly goes Eureka I have this idea for this thing I'm going to create this thing I'm going to create this thing you know, that's the interesting thing. Those guys like J.D. Salinger, they were creating because they wanted to create. J.D. Salinger in his last years, he was writing tons, 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 tons. Who knows how much stuff he wrote? How much stuff he wrote? The complete antithesis of, let's, I'll just say Instagram, since it's like the most generic, easiest kind of go-to thing I can think of right now. In terms of, Here's my thing. Look at my thing. Here's my thing. I mean, gosh, I'm doing it right now with my podcast. I'm presenting this to you. I'm presenting this to the populace. The main motivation? Documenting my thoughts, my ideas, all of this for my future self to listen to. So he, so he, he, he stays true to himself. So he stays true to this optimistic, positive good vibes mindset. I'm reminding him of who he is. Always. Not who he was, but who he is. In this moment and forevermore. These are gifts to my future self. These are gifts to my future self. Look at this. We've already talked a half an hour. I suppose this will be today's podcast. Oh! You know what? I'm going to read from my journal, my idea book, because I'm seeing a lot of these things that are either I'm doing right now or that have come about that I've seen in this book. So I'm just curious to see what else is hiding, hiding in here. Oh yeah, there's the fans. Let's see. Uh, okay, I'm going to pause this right now. Right? Should I? Oh. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, here's... I don't know if I read this. Here we go. Movie about a man who goes to work for Monsanto, 
only to reveal their evil schemes and expose their secrets and eventually bring the place down. Quote, the strings of theory, unquote. Email videos to Heather Dudley. Yes, my buddy Sean Dudley, growing up, we'd, uh, he and me and Phil Donlin, my brother Josh, Nathan Grant, these guys, we were troublemakers. We were mischievous. And growing up, during high school, my buddy Sean Dudley, he was so good with this stuff. We would go down to the downtown areas like Wheaton, Naperville, Glen Ellen, and we would TP them at night. We thought it was so fun to TP these, these, you know, during the day, it's like their main streets where everybody was hanging out. Sometimes we'd put bubble in the fountain. Terrible, terrible, I know, terrible. So Sean Dudley was always just magnificent for planning out these grand, these grand, I mean, we're on tops of roofs. He's like, okay, go, go, go. You know, and we're like throwing, we're on top of roofs, throwing toilet paper rolls over to, the, to each other. And so it was like this gift for the morning to be like, what, what the heck happened here? But Sean Dudley, he ended up going to West Point, and uh, so now he's one of those top-secret guys. He's jumping out of airplanes, and, you know, he's a G-man. Um, it's amazing when you see people go into those directions. Like my, like my buddy Kevin Foster in high school, he was big-time into gymnastics all the time. Awesome, awesome. Now he's a stuntman in Hollywood. Just brilliant. I love it. I love seeing it happen. Phil Donlin, he was always writing plays, putting together his own plays. Now he's a film, he's a filmmaker. He's directing movies. He's friends with Ernie Hudson. He's friends with, I mean, it's just amazing. Uh, okay, here's another thing here. Uh, oh, so Heather Dudley, that's what it was. So that's what I emailed videos to Heather Dudley, yeah. So his sister, um, this was maybe, wow, 10 years ago. She actually came out to, she happened to be in Los Angeles area or, or uh, in Santa Monica or something. This is when my car was working and I took my car out to an open mic I think it was Santa Monica. So she was there and she sang a couple of her uh, original songs and I recorded them and so, and then I sent them to her. Uh, here's another one. You know you've had a good conversation when you feel like you came home with something. Character. The man who always walks on his hands. Another character. The Shimmer Monster. Oh. Oh. What? Did I do this? Uh, interview the longitude, latitude, and clock time makers. Painted face pushed into the center of t-shirt. Sad heart. Oh, kind of like instead of Braveheart, it's Sad Heart. Oh, interesting, Sad Heart. That could be an interesting superhero, depressed superhero, Sad Heart. It's with their sad heart that they... Oh, maybe that's their superpower. Maybe they turn people sad. They just start crying. That would be interesting. So they save people. So if people are getting held up or whatever, they just go... They just blast... Sort of mind blast the bad guys with a sad heart. They just start breaking down crying. Oh, here's something terrifying. Oh, God. Oof. I almost don't want to say this out loud. This is terrifying. Spider cannon. Oh, God. There I said it. Oh, man. Spider cannon. Spider cannon. Can you imagine that getting blasted with just... Oh, man. There you go. There you go. That's how you defeat them. Spider cannon. Oh, jeez. That's just... Whew. 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 Train tracks made of music notes. Oh! A guy... This guy looks like he could possibly be Czechoslovakian or something. Hungarian, maybe. His name is... You are... What you eat. Y-E-W-A-R... 
W-A-C-H-U-E-E-T. He he actually becomes what he eats. You are what you eat. Oh, here are two, two ideas that I've been wanting to do for a long time. Treehead and pterodactyl. Treehead. Treehead is about a guy. I don't know exactly what happens to him. But he ends up growing a tree for a head. Now, this this was before Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I mean, I, I'm sure the tree guy was in um, the comics. I never read the comics. Uh, but I was astonished to see a living tree in Guardians of the Galaxy. So this guy, Treehead... I'd like to know when this started this journal. I get some of this stuff that I've dated, I think it's 2000, 2011, I think. Wait, this? Was it possibly? I'm trying to find some dates in here. Oh, here's a here's a message from one of the kids I used to substitute. Good luck on your Max Neptune mission, Kurt. Mission is spelled M-I-S-H-O-N. Then it says, P.S. 4 times 6 equals 24. Oh, and then there's a little blue sticker on here that says, Good luck. (laughs) That's great. So yeah, Treehead, it's a guy, he, uh, something happens where he, is he starts growing a tree out of his head. Just growing, growing, growing. Oh, that's what it was. The things in his head, his tree, I think, yeah, that's what it was. Based on what he was eating, his the tree on his head would grow that particular thing. So if he was eating apples, he would start growing, like, apples on the tree. If he was eating chocolate, maybe there were chocolate bars on the thing. Um, And when he gets particularly... Like, Hulk, it grows fast. I mean, it grows fast. Like, so, oh, that's what it was. He had a little buddy. He has a little buddy named Choppy, who's kind of like a pygmy. Oh, that's what it was. Treehead, I think that's what it was. He was, was he in Vietnam or something? Something happened where he ended up, something happened. I don't know if someone cast a spell on him or if he ended up, I don't know exactly what happens, but somehow, somehow, maybe there's like a curse put on his brain, on his head. Where, you know, what he thinks about, he brings about, basically. It's coming out of his brain. So, anyway, uh, Choppy. Choppy has, like, a, a machete, but, like, those big garden shears. And so he sits on the shoulders of Treehead, and then it, as the tree grows, little Choppy, he sort of manicures the tree. And so he can climb it. You know, the tree, the tree he can climb, like, like, he's like, I need to get on that roof. And then Treehead... He grows, maybe he eats something or he thinks about something, and his head grows, and little Choppy climbs up the tree. And so you can always tell where Treehead was because there are always branches lying around and, and leaves and stuff, because Choppy, you know, Choppy. And this whole other one, Pterodactyl, that's a whole other story, which I will not get into. Here's something Purpose the Porpoise. Purpose the Porpoise. Uh, put music program into laptop. Do remake of Suburbanite by Mojo Project. Legends of the Archives, videos, songs, etc. Alright, I will admit something here. Legends of the Archives, it no longer exists, YouTube took it down. Legends, oh boy, that's a, that's a, that's a long story. 
Okay, remind me to tell you about Legends of the Archive sometime. I will tell you about Legends of the Archive and Elvis Presley. Um, we're at 40 minutes right now. I think we're going to we're going to play a song and then we're going to we're going to come back after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. just heard Man Behind the Machine with another of their astounding concoctions. Man, the Behind, Man Behind the Machine podcast is available on Anchor, and I'm sure it's on iTunes. If it's on Anchor, it's on iTunes and about four or five other, other sites. So here's a quick lowdown of this idea for a movie I'm going to do. The title of the movie, it's actually a series. It's actually like a TV show, I'm imagining. And it blends 2D animation and live action. And this was, you know, it's so funny. I had this idea for this movie years before. What's so interesting, there's a movie uh, or a TV show that came out. I think Adult Swim did it. Um, oh gosh, what was the name of it? Barbarian, it was like a barbarian. Barbarian Cartoon Adult Swim. Uh, not Cargoth. It was something close to like Thor. Like the name Thor. Thorn? Thorn maybe? Thorn? I think it's called Thorn. No. Thorn. Anyway, <clears throat> there's a TV show out there. Apparently, I saw a trailer for it where it was a 2D animated character. He was like a medieval guy. And I think he wrote a dragon or something. And they intercut him in with like live action footage. So I thought that was interesting. Um, these guys took the approach of a comedy. So the idea that I had was... It's kind of a thriller. I mean, what 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 inspired me about this was that old Ed Grimley cartoon where he starts as a cartoon. It was a TV show, kids show. So it started out as Ed, Ed Grimley in a cartoon, and then he unzips his his cartoon self, and now he's a human. Oh no! Yeah, no, no. It, yeah, it was a human, and then he zips zips up into a cartoon suit. That's what it was. So it was an Ed Grimley cartoon. And so I thought, ooh, I'll utilize the same kind of thing. So it's a guy. His name is Terry, Terry Dactyl. And due to whatever circumstances, one night, something happens. Maybe it's the way the moon hits him just the right way. And he turns into a pterodactyl. Now, this is what I was thinking. It could kind of, it kind of is similar to the like how Daredevil is, where Daredevil is both the lawyer, but he's also, he fights crime at night. 
I'm thinking maybe it's something like this where like during the day, let's just go with the lawyer premise. It could be something different. But he's a lawyer. He sees all this bad stuff, bad stuff going on, bad stuff going on. Ooh. Ooh. What if... Huh. Well, so I was thinking, okay, so he's a lawyer. He ends up seeing all this corruption, all this bad stuff. And then at night, he turns into this this pterodactyl, and he flies off at the nighttime, and he goes finding these, finding these people, and they, they wind up dead, right? So the thing is, the part where it becomes a cartoon is when he becomes the pterodactyl. It's like his Hulk out moment. <laughs> turns into a pterodactyl. Now it's cartoon land. Now it's cartoon land. As soon as he flies out that window, bam, now we're in cartoon land. So now, and I'm not one for gory stuff, but oddly enough, I'm thinking if it's in cartoon land, you can get away with a lot gorier stuff than you would if it was like, let's say, for instance, Stars um, Network with uh, Ash versus Evil Dead. They got away with a lot on there. Imagine how much more you could get away with if it was in cartoon form. So, 2D animation. So, here you see in the night, you see this freaking pterodactyl swooping down. Just biting off the heads, snipping off their heads. Eating them up. Yeah, pulling out those gizzards of these bad guys. And so the underworld is just going nuts. So, that's what I thought. That's That the whole series would be that. And, you know, maybe we got that Mr. McGee kind of detective guy, reporter, someone. They don't have to be there in the beginning, but maybe they start, you know, throughout the season, they start showing up. Maybe by the end of season one, bam, maybe that finale is like a reporter going, okay, I got to get to the bottom of this thing. You know, they start seeing patterns, start noticing these bite marks. It's like just the, like this weird stuff. And then it isn't until at some point, um, oh, my buddy Vince thought it'd be cool to bring in some like Egyptian elements to it, which would be awesome. I would love to bring in Egyptian elements. For my projects, I intend on bringing in, weaving in things that might seem like conspiracy theories, things that, you know, forgotten knowledge, uh, things that Dolores Cannon has talked about, things that Bashar has talked about, things that Abraham has talked about. The stuff that, let's say, the uh, Toth the Atlantean talks about with the uh, Emerald Tablets. If you want to explode your brain, check out the Emerald tablets of Toth. The way I found about this was a guy that I had met in a vortex in Sedona. I was on top of vortex. And I was hanging out with Dory at the top of this vortex and I come across this guy and he looked like a young Hunter S. Thompson to me. But I felt like he was my doppelganger. We got into just great discussion about consciousness and all that stuff. <clears throat> Which is phenomenal. And then he goes, oh, have you heard about Toth the Atlantean? The, the Emerald Tablets. And I'm like, what? So check it out. Toth. I think it's spelled T-O-T-H. Or T-H-O-T-H. Thoth? Maybe it's Thoth. Check that out sometime. It'll explode your brain. It'll really explode your brain. It'll really explode your brain. Emerald Tablets of Toth. So... This pterodactyl TV show could be my opportunity to weave in those kinds of interesting myths. You know, there's that idea, Toth, he talks about the Emerald Tablets, Emerald Tablets that under the foot of the, of the Sphinx is his spaceship, his rocket ship. So a lot of folks think that, like, when you see those hieroglyphs of the astronauts, if you see those people that look like they're sitting in spaceships... Um, that's like Toth and his spaceship. Also, also, you know, not to mention the 
ancient aliens as not not to mention the ancient aliens aspect. I got to move this microphone closer to my mouth. I'm just now realizing. Uh, so Toth, Toth the Atlantean, check it out. Emerald tablets, it'll explode your brain. So pterodactyl, there it is. Part live action, part cartoon. So after pterodactyl flies out there, takes care of the bad guys, he comes back. Flies back into his window, and then he changes back into it. Maybe it's like a vampire type of thing. So throughout the night, he's the cartoon, and then just by morning, just by morning, he reaches like like a Cinderella kind of thing. You know, he's got to get home, and then he changes back into himself. So that's pterodactyl. A lot more stories of that one came from. A lot of them hiding in the idea books, which there'll be more of. By the way, if you're thinking about it, please feel free to subscribe on iTunes. iTunes and Sprato Projecto is found on there, as well as a, a large amount of other podcast apps, directories, etc., etc., and so forth. So if you're listening to this, you're already listening to it through whatever your favorite app is. Send me your, uh, oh, by the way, I think in, um, I think I said it in the last podcast, send me your laughs, your fake laughs, your chortles, your guffaws, your yuck yucks, you know, your, send me all of your fake laughter. Send it to me. Inspiratoprojecto at gmail.com. It will be used. It will be used in future episodes. I'm building a laugh track. I'm building one of those laugh tracks. So I want to get as much fake laughter as possible. You know, you can be like, oh, or you can be like, or you can be like, or you can be like, you can be like, or you can be like, however you want send it to me i'll include it i will do it i will include it i will do it inspirato projecto at gmail.com gmail.com take care stay inspired keep it flowing keep it going